Hi, I'm Derek Grossman with the Rand Corporation, and I'm here with my colleague, uh, Lethu Huang uh, from ASPE, and we are on, uh, and we are talking today about the South China Sea uh, and whether China uh, is being more coercive in the region uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic or perhaps for another reason. So I'd like to start off by asking Huang to uh, give us some thoughts on that. Hi, Derek. Good to be with you. Um, yes, I think there is a legitimate question. There has been a lot of debate on that. We've seen kind of, um, this trend happening before the pandemic, so a lot of people think that it was not related to the pandemic um, as you know, a way of, of distracting other international uh, actors. But I think that uh, China has in the past been opportunistic. Um, you remember the activities uh, in the South China Sea seizing um, uh, islands and really asserting its position with Vietnam just before um, the uh, Vietnam War ended, just before the U.S. Um, um, uh, withdrew from Vietnam in the 1970s, uh, and then uh, also around the 1980s. Um, and then, of course, uh, with the, the Philippines in the 1990s, where also U.S. was withdrawing from the basis there. So I wouldn't believe that there is no um, opportunistic tendencies from China to act more assertively. And people have um, labeled pandemic really as an accelerator of existing trends. So I think it's an intersection of both opportunities that came, but also already um, trends and posture of China and its preparations uh, along the way. And, and now is, is the time to really uh, take up the opportunities. Um, and that is how uh, Beijing would see that. But uh, what do you think, Derek? Yeah, I mean, and I've, I've written about this um, recently. And I, you know, I see a lot of what China has been doing throughout the Indo-Pacific region is really a continuation of earlier trends. And we can, we can look at what China is doing in the Taiwan Strait, increasing its diplomatic, economic, and military pressure against uh, Taiwan, or we can look at the South China Sea and what it's doing against Vietnam and other counterclaimants uh, throughout the region. Uh, and we can also look at um, the East China Sea and its dispute over the Senkaku Diaoyu mm -hmm. uh, with Japan. A lot of this is just a continuation, frankly, of what they've already been doing, but amid the coronavirus pandemic, there is certainly heightened speculation about, you know, is China flexing more muscles? I think one area you can point to where things are different is in the Himalayas. Uh, China went in with a, with a um, major for, uh, uh, armed force uh, uh, in June, uh, or actually in May into June. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, I think, kind of felt and looked different than past skirmishes. There are, you know, a number of skirmishes in a given year, perhaps uh, 100 or more. But what we saw there was the worst violence uh, in decades. Uh, and, it was, and it was carried out by the Chinese military. So that, I think, was different. Um, but I'm still kind of waiting to see. Go ahead. Did you but want I to think um, Chinese uh, activities there, intensified activities also um, invited uh, more pushback from not only the climate states in South China, Southeast Asia, but also um, other international actors. So we've seen a wave of note verbals um, submitted to the UN, which is, in my view, very, very important development, really, uh, in terms of legal approach to um, the South China Sea. Um, so there have been a number of notes rejecting uh, Chinese claims, rejecting Chinese 
uh, so-called historic rights, but also rights to the four uh, island groups. But uh, more importantly, I think, uh, or more, more consequentially, uh, the change to the U.S. position um, in the afternoon Sea and also um, positions uh, similarly to that Australia has issued, and none of them are claimant states. And the U.S. also has um, stated very clearly about uh, rejecting China's claims and supporting the offshore resources rights uh, of the Southeast Asian claimants. But Derek, uh, uh, what do you think about the U.S. change? Yeah, I mean, I think Secretary Pompeo's statement um, in July, on July 13th, was a was was a, a major change um, in U.S. policy. I mean, I think everybody knew that quietly the U.S. was siding with the counterclaimants and saying that their EEZs were legally their EEZs, but the U.S. finally came out and said that. Uh, and I think it's, you know, even though countries like Vietnam, you know, cannot publicly uh, express their their uh, joy at the U.S. decision. I think privately they're clinking champagne glasses uh, because this is exactly what they wanted. Um, I think what's also interesting is uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Mark Esper's recent uh, trip to the region. Uh, he visited Palau and Guam. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, Guam is U.S. territory, but Palau being part of the freely associated states, U.S. military has near exclusive access to that region. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the second island chain and how the U.S. can deal with China uh, in that area because China's missile capabilities are increasing to be able to prevent the U.S. and its allies from coming into the region. Any other? Yeah, and uh, what's very important also is that the uh, U.S. had announced steps to sanction um, the Chinese military uh, activities in the island. But that's all time we've got.